Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of The Chris Joslin Show. My name is Jennifer, and we are here with the illustrious Chris Joslin. Back again after a bit of a break, but I think we're more ready than ever to talk about another element of business. Are you ready, Chris? Always ready. Always, well, not always able, but mostly ready. (laughs) But first, we would like to thank our sponsor, Orion Solutions Group. Don't waste any more time trying to find the perfect fit for your team. Trust Orion Solutions Group to help you make the best hiring decisions for your business. Visit the link in the description to learn more. And remember, experts placing experts, Orion Solutions Group. So, how was your break? You know, your little mini vacation from the podcasting world. It goes by so quick. I know. It does. It does. Next thing you know, it's a month gone by and you haven't been able to develop your concepts further. You forgot everything you talked about. Should we start at the beginning again? Like. So we're going to go ago? all the way back, yes, no, to number oh one. God. No, no, no. If you we'll want, have everybody turning off right away if that's the case. Right. If you want a refresher, you can go ahead and go back to episode one, two, or three of this little mini series we're doing, The Five Elements of a Successful Business. And today's element is financial planning. Everyone's absolute favorite thing to talk about. Am I right? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Budgeting, planning understanding finance at least the to to the degree that you need so that you can move your business forward in a in a profitable manner yeah isn't that what we're all after right hopefully hopefully yeah Yeah, you would you would you want to be out of the red as soon as possible but i know you have 35 plus years 35 35 years of experience in the transportation industry And can you tell us, I know we've touched on it before, but again, a refresher. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey in the transportation logistics sector and how financial management has played a role in your success in a very broad stroke? Yeah, I'll give you a little bit of an overview. I I can tell you right away that one of the things you mentioned a second ago, getting out of the red as quickly as possible, is imperative. Of course it is. But it's also not that common with any kind of... uh, you know, swiftness, if if that's the correct word to use, maybe not. But in the, and I can tell you, my own journey started out working for others, right? Large corporate company, in particular in the transportation world. And the thing that you realize right away when you bow out of that kind of situation is that you are using somebody else's money for a very long time. So from a management standpoint, from a sales standpoint, from a an adding business standpoint from kind of using your logic to promote within a company the need to to, to uh, you know procure different types of business there's there's usually a series of, of things you go through to try to to draw on experience from the people involved in those companies to decide what to do next as a large company within a corporation but the one thing you don't think of as an employee at least top of mind is is this how what is the financial impact of whatever the proposal is you're moving forward with and when you start your own business whether it's a tiny one or it blossoms into something larger it's the first thing you think about it really is how are your finances going and we'll get into this a little bit i'm sure with some of your questions but not only where your finances are coming from to support the kind of business you're trying to promote and trying to grow but how do you get from their starting point to where you want to go because everybody starts with a mission. We talked about that in, I think, episode one or two of the series, a mission statement, you know, uh, something that drives you a need. You know, it's, it's, it's 
like job number one when you're putting a program together, a plan together, is where do you want to go? What's your destination? The problem is from where you start to where your destination is, there's a large gap. And you got to figure out how to financially bridge that gap above anything else. You mentioned how, you know, sometimes you start as an employee and if you go into the business ownership realm, things can really change your perspective on financial planning. And how has your approach personally changed in the past 35 years again? Did you start maybe even one way when you became a business owner and then it evolved over time from that point? Yeah, it sounds like you listened to some of my horror stories in the past already. Because, you. <laughs> you know, um, when I went into business for myself, it was a self-financed kind of arrangement. Uh, I, nothing wrong with that. Depending on where... How, what kind of a nest egg you put together, what kind of um, situation you're coming from when you're trying to develop a business, having the financial responsibility and capability of, of at least doing the basics to get that thing rolling is very, very important. Oftentimes, people will mortgage their houses or do something along those lines to get, get a business going. I personally, in retrospect, after a very long time of doing my own thing, I don't, even, I don't really recommend that as a primary facet of financing the established plan that you put together for a business. I would recommend either partnerships in some way, shape, or form, uh, where you have a financial partner in the background supporting what you do for either for a piece of the, of the business or for some kind of payback value of some kind. But ultimately, if you put all your dollars into it, that's great. You have full ownership. It's all your money. It's all your sweat equity as well. And it's also very unnerving at times because you will go through ups and downs for sure. You mentioned ups and downs. That sort of segues us perfectly into this next question I have for you. How has your understanding and handling of you know your finances according to your business uh, changed maybe especially during challenging economic times considering we just went through awfully crazy one and I think most industries did just since 2020 through 2023 yeah uh, crazy is an understatement that's for sure ongoing maybe I yeah, should say and, ongoing. In, in, in the transportation world we've hit we've been on quite the roller coaster and uh, you know I, I put out a podcast maybe a year ago I think I titled it nimble logistics mm. right and I think that's that might be not the best term for what we've been going through. I've seen something online called resilient logistics or something like that. Whatever moniker you want to put on this, the the resulting, the need today is to be able to not have some giant organization that has to turn very slowly to move with the, the currents that are occurring in our industry, but something that's nimble enough to change direction fairly quickly not abandoning a certain method if that's what you're trying to do as a company, but certainly being able to, I, I hate, I don't hate it, but the, the term go with the flow, mm. you've heard that plenty of times, I'm sure. And I think that's, that's really what I'm talking about. Now, from the financial end of things, allowing yourself the ability to move quickly means you have to be efficient enough in what you do to maximize your, maximize your profitability during the good times so that when it starts pouring, you have that rainy day money that allows you to turn. And that's very challenging, very challenging. And I, I think as a business owner, one of the things that, that we do as human beings is we look at what our mission is, our mission statement, our goal, the industry we're trying to provide for, 
whether it's a product and or service, and we see that that community of, of buyers, prospects, and clients, and we're trying to give them value, and we put that way at the top of the situation, and it deserves a spot ranked very high in the echelon of things you need to accomplish as a business. But I think the thing that a lot of people forget is that if you don't financially create a stable environment to produce for those customers and prospects, then you're going to be a short-term answer to a long-term question for them. And the only way to be a long-term answer for those clients and prospects is to do sound financial work in the background and understand that while, while one of the most important things in the world is having your customer first in your mind, tied for that or right at the same level, is making sure that you're solid financially as a company. Otherwise, you won't be able to do it for very long. And I think that really transcends industries, right? You could say that across all of your customer is key. I remember somebody talking about wanting to open a restaurant. I said, well, why do you want to open a restaurant? Well, I really like to eat and I like to cook. Okay, those, those are two really great reasons to open a restaurant. But you better be wanting to make some money doing that or your restaurant's going to open and close very quickly. Right. There's a lot of people that want to put their ideas out into the world in, in advance something that is good for the target audience that they have. But they don't think about the, the, the honest result of, of free enterprise that we live in. You have to be able to accommodate for that. You have to be able to pay your employees. You have to be able to cover your cost of goods or services sold. You have to put a profit margin, a minimal profit margin involved over a period of time because it's always over a period of time. It's not profit per transaction. It's profit per a period of time that you want to look at because there's always fluctuations in the market. We see that today in transportation. Things go up, things go down. Sometimes you lose money, sometimes you gain money. But again, the long-term analytics side of things, measuring the profitability, measuring the revenue, measuring the bottom and top line, and coming up with a formula that puts you at a baseline of sustainability first, profitability second, is is what I I personally believe. Whether you're a business of a thousand employees or you're an owner operator with a truck or two, you still need to think of these financial things because it'll impact you. Let's break that down a little bit or maybe highlight some pieces. I do think, like I said, that tran- that, that translates to most industries, right? I know you highlighted the like owner-operator with a couple trucks at the end there. But when it comes specifically to transportation logistics, what is really what defers the financial planning and the financial management there from other industries? I know... For example, my first thought is I haven't heard the word supply chain management more than I have in the news than in the past three years. Anything that's out of stock, it's a supply chain issue. Uh, the supply chain is, you know, it's it's ports are blocked or manufacturing, not enough shortages everywhere, that sort of thing. So what exactly would defer the transportation logistics industry when it comes to financial management from, and say, yeah, I don't know, like you said, the restaurant industry? Although it probably yeah. relates a little bit because they yeah, rely I, I on it. I think what people are realizing, especially over the course of the last three years or so, is that the impact that a supply chain, and I say a supply chain because it can be looked at from a lot of different perspectives, but it involves itself, it in, in, ingrains itself so much in almost any industry you can think of. 
Because ultimately, and I've said this before, and I say this in almost every podcast we do, it's one of my favorite visuals, that whole idea of a supply chain. Some people want to see it as a supply chain that's not rigid, it's very flexible, and I think that's intelligent. I, a lot of people like to see it as a supply, supply chain where people are becoming more efficient and can take links out of that chain to get closer from one end of that chain to another. You can break that chain into miniature versions of the chain. You can do a lot of different things. You can be very complex. But ultimately, no matter what business you're talking about, there are threads of a similarity that run through them. And, you know, I'm not a financial planner. You know, I'm, I'm not an accountant. I would not profess to be one. I'll probably say things that are inaccurate. If I do, I apologize for that. But that's that's the, the school of hard knocks tends to make you learn how to develop things, but it oftentimes does not give you the acumen to state what those little things are in terms of you know a ledger or something like that. So the difference between my personal belief, the difference between a lot of our transportation industry and some of other industries is the transportation industry has a, a greater number of links in the chain of, or the processes that create the supply chain itself. And when there's so many links in that chain, that just tells you, you know, almost intuitively that there's a lot of, of uh, efficiencies that still need to be drawn out of the industry. And I think that's because there are people in the logistics industry, in the 3PL industry, that use unbelievable transportation management systems and applications and big analytics to determine the next steps and things. And all. In the end, it goes all the way down to the person that's, that's running a port truck. Mm. And every night at home jumps on a spreadsheet to keep track of his hours of service and what he's done and what, what he or she has accomplished that day so that they can bill their client at some point when they remember, or maybe they're factoring something there. There's a million different pieces to that. There's no standardization amongst it. Hmm. A lot of industries have that. I remember 35 years ago when I started in the business, a lot of people were, were developing enterprise resource programs, uh, ERPs. And that was drawn into the manufacturing sector specifically to try to create more efficiencies with raw material and production lines and how to bring those things together to develop a step-by-step process that created a lower cost finished good for you and I to consume in this country. That was why ERPs were put together. Well, transportation management programs of all sorts tend to do that, but they don't talk well together. There's no universal harmonics in the transportation industry. And I know I'm going off of a bit of a field, but there's so many different ways to, to jump into niches of the transportation business and industry. That's why over the course of my career, it went from, I don't know, I don't remember what we originally called it, probably just plain logistics or transportation, to now it's 40 different business elements themselves which are all under a big umbrella which probably will not be under an umbrella at some point in the not too distant future they'll all have a different industry segment entirely succinct between each other and that's because we become specialists over time we get better and better at things when we become specialists but before you can do that you have to have a financial plan in place to enable you to get through all these variations that's the key to it in, in my opinion and it's something i've done wrong Many, many times. I'm not here pontificating about how to do something that I haven't gone through and miserably failed at before I became successful doing it, by the way. 
You mentioned standardization or lack thereof. Uh, first thing that comes to my head is AI, you know, artificial intelligence, talk of the town these days. Some may argue even a tool or a shiny new toy. Like you said, there's, there's plenty of options out there for different systems and all sorts of tech and apps and, and machines and algorithmic everything. Or you could even probably throw a PNL into something like ChatGPT and it'll tell you the top three decisions you could make over the next quarter to turn a profit. Just throwing something but, but, out there. First adopters, though. Who right. are the first adopters of that stuff? They're not the guy with the the two trucks that's doing port business. Well, right. And, you know? and the question I have for you about this is what would be your approach in the world that is constantly evolving and growing and the industry that is really supply chain seems to supply chain as the broader term, but transportation logistics has really seems to um, grow when it comes to the tech side of things in the past just three years. What would be your approach to investing in this new type of equipment or, or tech for a company to really match its competitors, which the biggest ones in the game are, are usually getting the newest, latest, and greatest? I think there's a very, very um, robust filter that needs to be put in place for a lot of the tech that is coming online. And what I mean by that, I, I went to a conference for a brief, just one day at Manifest. It was up in Vegas last year. Uh, excellent conference. Tons and tons of transportation tech in particular. A lot of it overlapping each other. And of course, what happens when you develop new tech and new apps and things like that is they sort themselves out. There's the, the you know, a, a sorting or a filtering system that creates at the end of the day either some robust technologies that intermingle with all the different characteristics of each other or some just go away completely and that that process does take time and the again the first adopters is key to this the first adopters of the large companies that have a lot of money a lot of times they want to make their own and a lot of times they rely on in technologies that are very antiquated i mean i i know when i was with the hub group years and years ago they took a very long time moving away from as 400 products to something that's more user-friendly because they had such a robust data warehouse for them to apply their analytics to now their user interface was not nearly as as nice and friendly to the customer service people that they had involved so you start measuring as a company the cost of replacing the technologies that give you the analytics you need to grow a company overall with a gui interface for your customer service that is more reliable for quick turnover in, in, a, in a labor market like we have today. So there, all these things are, are financial decisions. They all are. Now, I, I would tell you that, you know, AI, as your example brought up, I, you know my thinking very well. I think everything's a tool, right? Nothing has necessarily intrinsic value. It's all about how you use it. Chat GPT is nothing until you open up the browser and log in and use it and dump some information into it and ask it the appropriate questions in the appropriate way. And there's a whole, there's a whole other industry coming out that just gives you, you know, kind of starter phrases that have been used and effective to give chat GPT the right formula to give you the answers you're looking for. So who knows where this thing's going to evolve? It's not a year old. 
well, it's more than that, but I mean, as far as customer usage, really, it's about a year old, I guess. So how those tools, tools will be used in the future, I don't know. It could narrow the gap between entrepreneurs that are trying to spend just a small amount of money to try to catch up on things that they took a long time to have to do. That's great. But then what will happen is kind of like the accordion effect. Things will get closer for, for small entrepreneurs, small cap, mid cap players to the large cap with certain aspects of what they do. And then large cap guys figure out how to use that to a, to an effect that's, that reaches a larger block of information or, or customers, et cetera. Mm. Blockchain is a great example as well. Right. You know, blockchain, smart contracts. I, I think there's a lot of use in, in our industry for standardizing the, the usage of something that, that looks at the chain of custody, which is a chain again, blockchain is like a supply chain for data bits. And that chain of custody from cradle to grave, from whenever you started a document to the time people signed it, et cetera, I'll tell you what that'll do if used effectively. If you're a small entrepreneur with very little credit, for instance, because you're brand new, you started up, but you have an agreement with a, to, to move freight to a Walmart or a Amazon. And part of their structure is they're requiring you to use an agreement that says you'll be paid in a certain amount of uh, days, barring these three items or four items. And you can show that to a financial institution like a bank where you could get a line of credit and, and you can prove that that smart contract is what's paying you straight from somebody that is solvent, is does have a ton of credit, like a Walmart or a, an Amazon, well, now you with no credit now have an open line of credit to do a ton of business simply because of the technologies that allowed you to utilize that, to prove this situation. It's not just a handshake anymore on a golf course. Mm. You know, it's a big difference. Well, you've mentioned this sort of yo-yo effect financially for the transportation sector because of the pandemic and, and all of the craziness surrounding that. We've mentioned the AI uh, sort of stepping forward as a huge player in the game when it comes to all industries, but specifically in logistics in terms of the pros and cons of that. But in your opinion, what would be some of the financial challenges you see sort of emerging in the future for this industry and what would you do to prepare for those? I can tell you, I've been in the business for about 35 years now and some of the same challenges that were there 35 years ago are, are there today. And the, the, the whole idea of having any business, and this crosses all kinds of segments and industries, is that your job is to, as a entrepreneur as a business owner or or somebody that works for a business owner your job is to give value to your customer and prospects and in return for that value you are given financial remuneration and that remuneration the job you have is there's enough margin or you collect simply before you pay i mean that's that's really that's really the game but you have to have a value that works for people. Then you have to recoup that in a different form so that you can reinvest. You can pay your costs. You can pay your salaries. You can, you can develop a company in this way and grow it. The biggest thing that I see past, present, and future is the lack of attention to cash flow. Everybody knows it's there. Everybody's heard the term. 
that everybody starts looking at their books in terms of accruals. I don't care if it's on a spreadsheet or QuickBooks or NetSuite or any number of, of applications. You can look at things on an accrual basis or you can look at things on a cash basis. IRS, by the, only way, oh, by the way, only cares about cash. What went into your bank? What went out of your bank? That's all that counts. And that's not a bad way to look at things. But you have to keep in mind that you have an accounts receivable and an accounts payable. So if you're looking at things on an accrual basis, you always have a time lag. And this goes back to what I said a moment ago. If you have a time lag, your job is to make sure the, the, that you're collecting just a bit faster than you're paying. That's, that is, that's like everything. And people will value their own company or make decisions, financial decisions. I'll, I'll give you one example. This was 10 plus years ago, we, we had uh, a, a couple of large customers that we were doing a lot of invoicing for. And I was looking at the, uh, looking at the bank, but I was also looking at the books and I made a decision to purchase a whole lot of uh, equipment, a lot of assets, which is another financial decision. There's a lot of reasons to do it. And the, the company's value is created a different way because of assets versus non-asset based companies. But I made a decision to purchase a significant amount of assets based at least in part on my misinterpretation of the cash flow that was coming in with our ARAP. Discovered shortly after I purchased all the equipment that there was some major mistakes that were made with the accounting side of things. And if I would have known those mistakes at the time or seen the AR and AP and avoided looking at it on an accrual basis and only looked at it what was in the bank, I'd have never made that purchase, not at that time, or I'd made a different purchase. So that, that's a lesson learned. And that's a lesson that I think that needs to be broadcast. You only spend what you really can afford to. Now, that's for your own personal income, your line of credit, the loans, the leverage you put on the business, whatever you want to talk about as far as your bank over here. Just understand how you're utilizing that bank. Are you going to make more money on the acquisition of something, TMS system, equipment, new personnel, whatever it might be, new sales force, whatever. If you're going to make more money than you're paying in the interest on this over here, it's probably a good decision. But don't base it on what you might collect because might sometimes never happens. Isn't that a word to the wise for all of us in every aspect of our lives? <laughs> Some good yeah. financial. Well, this is not financial advice. Let me clarify. Yeah, let's, let's <laughs> Should have said that in the very beginning. Yeah. Um, this is for entertainment purposes only. But Chris, thank you so much. This was a fun element to talk about, right? Financial planning. Yeah, Everyone's favorite or not planning financial management everyone's favorite uh well I, favorite topic i said this in a little statement one time a while back and maybe it's just a kind of a dad kind of thing but you know if if you have the itch to go out and be an entrepreneur then you better have the scratch to pay for it what a beautiful way to end thank you chris <laughs>